You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curvison, joined with Reed Bacon. Got another great one today. Uh, we are talking the new commit, Braylon Staley, a wide receiver out of South Carolina, and how he looks and how he'll fit into this hypo offense. I also share a big orange juice about a pretty studly uh, guy on the team uh, using his hands to set the tone with a freshman. So it's a, it's a great story. I've shared it before, but it's one of my favorites. So you're not going to want to miss that. But before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. Absolutely love the comments. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on those listening platforms that you might use. Also, follow us on social media. Uh, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter, and then at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you're wanting to follow Reed on Twitter, his main account is at rbacon26. And then if you're looking to follow myself, it is just at Kyler Kerbison on all social medias. So check me out there. But uh, yeah, let's jump into the great uh, podcast we got. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, we got a great podcast. Uh, and I will say that because very much enjoyed this film, and I have a fantastic Big Orange Juice for you. It's one of my favorites to tell. Um, but first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how we doing, bud? Kyler, how you doing, Big Sexy? I'm great. I'm great. Got an extra day off of work, so we're feeling fine. Just love it. Just loving that. So we're recording on Monday, July 3rd. So happy 4th of July, everybody, when you see this. I hope you had a blast. I hope you were safe. I uh, hope you, uh, you know, enjoyed yourself. And um, yeah, all those drunk uncles out there, let's be a little careful on this fireworks. <laughs> let's not lose any fingers this week. Yeah, don't want to J- JPP yourself. No, definitely not. Uh, I don't know if you saw that viral video going around like last week. Where it was like a whole family sitting out in the front yes, yard. That's and that they set it off and it just tips over and hits every single other firework they have. So I think I think that's actually been around a hot minute. Uh, because I think I swear I think I saw that video last year. I, I really do. I I'd seen it already. I have a really quick funny story about that. So you've been to the house I'm living at now, my parents' house, and they have the balcony, and then it kind of overlooks the pool area, right? Oh no. What? I'm just worried about what this story is going to be. Oh, it's, it's it's incredible! It's incredible! It's a fireworks story. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. How we have the balcony and then overlooks the pool area. Yeah. Okay. So this is. I was like, I was probably junior or senior in high school. You know, so summer after junior year, summer after senior year, maybe I was like a freshman in college, and so. We had a, a good group of people out, family, friends. Uh, Memphis crew was in, so like Lou and Tina and everybody were in. And uh, my neighbor 
that I grew up with, they used to have a they used to have a big uh, house. It literally looked like an actual home, but it was a, a kid's it was a kid's home, but it was big. It was like two stories, good size. Well, when they left and Paul bought the house, he removed that. So there's a good chunk of cement still there. Now he uses it for like a fire pit and chairs and stuff now, but we would always use that as our kind of landing spot to shoot fireworks. And so I, I loved fireworks growing up. I, we would always go and buy some. And then I would kind of do the fireworks show, my dad and I. Mm -hmm. And so everyone would always be sitting up on the balcony watching while we did our, you know, our little show or whatever. And so we would always have the grand finale, which we would save uh, two of the biggest ones, another medium size, and then like the long Saturn missiles that were just like, yum, 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 yum. And so what we did was, is we had to be pretty quick about it. And so my dad, he was still smoking cigarettes at the time. So he would use a cigarette to light one. He would use his hand to light another one. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like such a bad idea. Yeah. So then I would have two, I would have two long lighters and I would be lighting those. And then I had a buddy with me that um, was helping us light because we needed help on this last one. So, you know, this, the, the little fireworks shows going well and all that stuff. But we're getting ready. We're setting up the last ones. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're like, we look at each other. I'm like, hey, is everyone ready to light? And we say, yeah, everyone go. Well, we all go. All three of us go at the same time. We all start lighting. So we got about six of them lit. Right at the And this is true. This is not being funny or anything. This is actually true. The last second we realize, you know, you rip some of the, we used to start doing it where we would rip some of the paper off the fireworks so they would kind of go out, you know, a little bit easier, whether it, it makes a difference or not, but we would just rip them. Mm -hmm. Well, this one, we weren't paying attention. And my buddy lit one that was upside down. Oh no. So, so it was matter of fact, I'll show this. This is the mic that you bought me that I haven't set up yet. Cause I don't have a laptop yet. So you know how it's a box like this yeah. and they're supposed to come out the top. It was like this. And we realized it at the last second. So we start running and my dad's like, go, go, go get down. And we start yelling up on the balcony because on the balcony is my grandfather, his girlfriend at the time that no one liked. So uh, I'll get to that. And then you had Lou was up there. Tina was up there. I think Lee and Liz might I love have been you up there. I love like, you just threw a shot at some random girl that was there at the time. Random old lady anyways. So we'll, I'll get to that. I, I brought that up for a reason. But anyways, we're like, get down, get down. And they're like, what, what? We're like, get in the house. So here it goes. You know, you'll start, some start going up in the air. And then that one that's on the ground, it shoots Flips and, it roll, and it rolls over and tips it. Yeah. And it's tipped towards the house. So I run. And as I run, I jump over the pool wall, which is a brick wall and I get behind it. So I'm, I'm Gucci. Then my buddy jumps over the, 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 pool wall he gets behind the brick wall i forget i think my dad ran somewhere else but then we're watching it and everyone is up on the balcony trying to run in the screen door as fast as they can and this thing is literally you use a you boom you boom and so we got like three going in the air and it's just a mad dash and i remember sitting up there looking and laughing because i'm now i'm here the the fireworks behind me yeah I you see it above you no i got a brick wall behind me and I'm looking up at the house and I'm just seeing all of them trying to get their asses in the house. And it was freaking hilarious. And so Lou was up there on the balcony and I could see him dying laughing. And then after it all laughed, 
he and I start cracking up, Robbie's cracking up, and we were all like, we wish it would have hit Virginia. That was who my grandfather was dating at the time. She was a huge stick in the mud. No <laughs> one liked her. And we were like, we were just hoping that one of them would like hit her and like scare the crap out of her. Yeah, though. Yeah, true. That's a that's a true, true story. I mean, that that literally, thank goodness no one got hurt. We did it. I mean, there were multiple. Except that Virginia. There were, no, she was fine. She was fine. <laughs> well, no, thank goodness no one got hurt except for Virginia. <laughs> Don't thank goodness for that. <laughs> uh, it was it was great though. It was such a funny memory. We were dying laughing after the fact that it happened, and and it, I think it was funny for me because I'm seeing Big Mo, who's 78, 79 at the time, which he got he got around really really well up until he passed away. But he's getting up out of his chair and he's trying to get Virginia in there, and then my Aunt Tina and Karen are all trying to get in the house. They're like, move, move, move. <laughs> Yes, thank God it wasn't tragic. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness the house didn't blow up. That's a great story. I I, I don't have a fireworks story like that. I don't know if uh, we quite set up six six in a row and lit one with a cigarette before. Oh, it was so funny watching Robbie. Just a pro's pro. He'd like take that cig. He'd hold it there, getting ready to light it. He'd take his little handheld. He's like, "Let's do this." The- <laughs> there's a there's a there's a a comedy podcast called are you garbage and they just ask celebrity questions of like what was your life like growing up like are you a garbage human being or not and like that's definitely one like have you lit in a firework with a cigarette before (laughs) it's like yeah that's me that's me that's my life i mean he is from rogersville tennessee so yeah exactly he's got some country in him Oh, but yes, everyone enjoy their fourth um, long weekend. That's always, always great. Hey, Kyler, speaking of fireworks, Braylon Staley's going to be making a lot of fireworks go off at Neyland. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's- but, really, but before we get to Brandon, Braylon Staley, how was your weekend? I know you have family in town. Yeah, I have family in town. Got to see uh, mom and little brother and met. Uh, uh, little brother? Yeah. You mean mean younger brother? Yeah. I mean, younger brother. Um, I guess I have to say that now because he is taller and heavier than I am now. Um, But I can still beat his ass. So that's what matters. Uh, So, yes, he came in. He has officially gotten to the academy in Knoxville. Uh, He was a corrections officer for a while. He's now gotten to the police academy. So big ups to John um got to meet his girlfriend for the first time nice and got to see my mom so it was yeah it was great i'm, I'm glad they came in and we got to see him um what else happened this weekend i, lo- I love big john man john's man he's, he's a lot like you man just good kid good old teddy bear you know got a great laugh about him and yeah I, I, I love john i i mean i got to see him after the florida game which was nice but yeah john's a good one it's always funny when John tells me stories of like running into either my old teammates or buddies of mine, or maybe even guys that are on the team now that might know who I am. And they're like, are you, Cur- are you Kerbison? Like, are you Kerbison? Cause he does look a lot like me. Yeah. Um, and he even has a mustache like me because that's all he's allowed to grow as a corrections officer. <laughs> so uh he's got a mustache like me now he's just you know about 40 50 pounds heavier but that's it john john's gonna be a big old boy going around as a police officer now he's gonna be able to handle his own 
Oh, I know. Oh, I know. The in, the inmates don't believe that he's only like 24. They I think know. he's like a 35-year-old man, but he's yeah. just he's just big as hell. I was like, yeah, people don't I don't think people ever get over that that if you're if someone's bigger than me, they must be older than me. It's like, yeah. We're all adults now. Like yeah. <laughs> it just depends. I think it's hard for me to see that because I feel like he still has that that Kerberson baby face that he'll eventually grow out of. But yeah. I can see that people do, that don't know him think that. You can't get rid of the dimples. No. Dimples. They're just dimples there. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, great weekend. Love Good. seeing the fam. Uh, let's hop into Braylon Staley. Let's do it. First off, very difficult name. To say with the two Y's, I, I I was doing the same thing you were. I was saying Brandon, over and over. Um, but Braylon Staley, you want to you want to go over his offer list to start? Yeah, I do. It's going in it, and then we'll yeah. And I want to and I want to also talk about him a little bit first, and then I'll let you go, and then I'll jump back in because I don't want you stealing some of my thunder. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I know. I know. All right, Mr. Braylon, Mr. Uh, Mr. Braylon. He is a four-star on 24-7 sports and 24-7 sports composite. So he is the number 25 wide receiver in the nation. Um, he is the number two in South Carolina. And then the composite, he's number three. Um, really, really good offer list. Tennessee, Clemson, uh, North Carolina, Alabama, um, Auburn. Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> Um, we'll see Auburn, Florida, Georgia. Like I said, just reading the big ones, uh, probably the last two big ones, semi big or Wake Forest and West Virginia, but you get a, you get a Georgia, you get a Bama, uh, you get a Florida, you get a Tennessee, a Clemson, North Carolina. Those, those are all fantastic. So nice offer list. Yeah. And then, um, it's, a you know, six foot one eighty. that, he might be a little bit slight, you know, a little bit smaller than that, but that's a, that's a really nice size. Yeah. Um, that fits, fits the mold of a wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. L let me say this. So I, I like Braylon a good amount. I think he is different than some of the receivers that we've brought in in the past year or two, whether that's via, uh, transfer portal or uh, call or high school recruiting. Okay. The number one thing that sticks out to me is he is a catcher of the football. His hands are awesome. Awesome. His catch radius is awesome. I do not throw this around. You know, I'm very, very careful, but with my comps. And once again, this is a comp about his play style, not that he could be this good. But this guy's been in the news a lot lately, and hopefully he's a Tennessee Titan soon. But this is the first time I've seen someone. I was like, that reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins. Be because mm -hmm. he's not necessarily blowing by people on his routes. He doesn't necessarily look the fastest. He's, he's running by people when he needs to. He's taking off when he needs to. But it's nothing that looks blazing. Um, he's not overly catch it. Juke, 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 cut, make dudes miss, bouncing off tackles. It very much is – It's he's just going to win all the 50-50 balls. Yeah. He's going to be able to contort his body 
in great ways. His body control, um, getting his feet in bounds, and going up and high pointing the ball mm-hmm. is probably second to none to the people that we the, the films that we've broken down. To be honest with you, um, I mean, Squirrel's probably the only other person that I've seen be able to you know jump up and rotate. And, yeah. and, and I didn't go back and watch Squirrels before. I didn't go back and watch Squirrels high school one again. But I'm saying what I've seen from Squirrel while he's in on UT so far. Like, I remember, I think I think it was the Kentucky game. They threw him a jump ball. And people were like, why are they throwing to Squirrel? And it's like, well, have you seen him be able to contort his body? There's not, like, Jalen Hyatt's not doing that. Brew, maybe a little bit, but not, not really the same style. And so it, it, Squirrel didn't even come down with it but the way that he can go up and contort his body. And so I've seen Squirrel do it on campus. I don't remember seeing it on his high school film. I don't remember seeing Nathan Leacock uh, or Caleb Webb or Chaz Nimrod. Um, I don't remember some of those guys doing it on, on their highlight films. What mm-hmm. I mean, going up, high pointing the ball, contorting that body, whether it's yeah. in the end zone, whether it's on the sideline. So his catch race, his hands were were extremely impressive to me, and that's why it, and that's why I compared him to DeAndre Hopkins. You watch, there's there's so many guys in the league that are faster than DeAndre Hopkins. There's so many guys in the league that are better with the ball in their hands than D Hop, but for some reason, when the ball's there, whether it's a jump ball or a dig or a comeback, you see those big five X hands of DeAndre Hopkins snacking that thing out of the air and he just produces. And, and that's what I felt like Braylon did. The last thing I'll say before you can jump into some plays is I felt like Braylon was very much an all around type. You know, he could be a possession. There were a couple there that surprised me where he could take the top off or, or house call one. You know, he's not maybe as explosive as a Jalen Hyatt where it's just every time watch out, he might score but he's not going to be bodying people on a five-yard hitch like a brew or mm-hmm. whatever. It's just kind of he does everything really, really well, but but the hands are what separate him. It's like yeah. hey, he's, he is only six foot. He's not six three, six four. but you can throw the rock up to him. He's going to go get it. Um, and the last thing is, is that a lot of stuff that he was doing in high school is exactly what he'd be doing at Tennessee, whether it's a go ball jump route in the end zone, Simple. whether it's whether it's a post route, whether it's one of those tunnel screens. They also used him as the tunnel screen guy where they throw it to him and let him get upfield. Then they put him in the slot, faked the tunnel screen to another guy, and ran a wheel route. It looked just like something Josh would do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with him. Um, I don't know necessarily say he's like an elite prospect all the way around, but I feel like he's got elite hands and an mm-hmm. elite – catching ability and catching radius yeah. and it's really funny that sometimes receivers we talk about them and one of the last things we talk about that makes them a good receiver is their hands that you know because they're really really fast or they are really good in the open field like that you might be a little nervous that they're going to catch it but once they catch it look out yeah um you know or you can talk about a guy that we don't even really know if he runs the routes that well we just got to give him the damn ball so there's a lot of facets that someone can be really good at receiver and they might not have that good of hands. I don't remember watching anyone that's got better hands and a better catcher of the ball in the past couple of years of doing this than Braylon. Yeah, I, I would agree that that is his strength. That's the first thing I wrote down is like his ability to high point the ball 
is unmatched. If there is a 50-50 ball, it's not 50-50. It's like 90-10. You know what I mean? Like he is going to go get it. Um, there's multiple times where they're just like, hey, we're near the end zone. We're going to throw the ball up to him that, because we know that he's going to go get it. Uh, and he makes those acrobatic catches like a DeAndre Hopkins. I agree with you when it, when it's the – he's not going to make a guy – a lot of guys miss. He's not going to like – just burst out and break three tackles and and score a touchdown. But if you need a third and 10 and he's running a dig, he's going to catch it. Yeah. If you get to him, he'll catch it. Like he's not going to drop that ball. Um, And when you're comparing him to like guys on the team or guys or films that we've watched or anything like that, the person that I would maybe like put him close to and this is not even based off high school film. This is based off highlights from last year and practice we've seen is Ramel. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've seen it yourself multiple times of Ramel mossing buddies in one on ones or going up and get balls when they're in their, you know, seven on seven kind of drills. We see Ramel diving for a ball versus Florida and putting out full effort. There's a play like that on Braylon Staley's. It is a touchdown play with a safety in position on him to make the play, to bat the ball away. Braylon dives for it and catches it. So that's the kind of stuff where I was like, that reminds me a little bit of Ramel. I love that part of a wide receiver's game. I would much rather have all of that than anything else. And I'm sure you already knew that because I – Made it a point on here. It drives me absolutely nuts when wide receivers don't try to catch the ball. It would be like me as an offensive lineman setting and then not trying to punch. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'm in your way. It's like complete, do the most important thing, please. Um, so I love that. Let me before you let me interject real quick. It's funny, I was watching him. And I immediately thought about you. You get so mad if you feel like a receiver, like you said, could die for one and they don't. And you hate when people body catch. And so I immediately always would, I always remember thinking about you talking about Josh Malone, a guy who was a productive guy at Tennessee, but just was such a body catcher. And it was just, it would be so frustrating. So frustrating. Like if it's a post, if it's a, a seam if it if it's a dig if it's a corner and it's just a little bit outside of his reach he's not going for it yeah. like it better be right here or he's not going to catch it and keep running like he's not going to do the little extra and that drive me up a wall and the reason why I know that for a fact is not because of the games guys because I practice with them and he wouldn't do it in practice either and we're competing in practice. When we go ones v ones, and I'm trying to block Derek Barnett for four and a half seconds, so his ass can get open, and I'm going full out so that I can block these guys, and then he doesn't even try and catch it, and it's like defense wins the freaking thing. I'm like, dude, where, where's your competitive spirit? Where is that? Yeah, I and, need and that. Braylon, Braylon, whether it's here, here. In front, whether he's here, jump here, and turn. Here. I mean, it's everything. It's it's a quick hitch. It's a quick jump and turn. It's a quick jump turn. Get feet in. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's it's all of that because there are a lot of guys 
that if they get a turnaround, it's like let it hit and then come here where they can only pocket catch it. You know, like a guy's running a dig. Instead of just show hands, catch it smooth, they have to, like, build the pocket. He – it was awesome. Continue, though. And Ramel yeah. Keaton, by the way, Ramel's the best comp that we can show for him, uh, for someone that's on the team. Yeah. Um, I You know, on those same lines of you were saying, like, I don't know if he's going to – you know, juke guys out or, or, or like make a huge difference like that. And I didn't, there wasn't like a lot of routes that like a lot of different routes that he was running. It was a lot of just like slant. Here's a hitch. Here's a go. Here's a wheel. But that's kind of what Josh Heupel does. Mm-hmm. He's not doing a bunch of complicated shit. He's like, we're, we're making it complicated on the defense by going fast and making it look like you're running the exact same route. We don't want it to look any different. We want it to look exactly the same. So it that, that's a good thing. It works for Huss. I don't think he's really ever had a good quarterback. Like the guy in the film that we're watching, like it doesn't necessarily look like, hey, he's going to be able to take the top off for you. Hey, he's going to hit you in stride wherever you're at. It's like, no, you're going to run a five-yard hitch. No, we're going to run this screen. Like that's what's going to get you the ball in your hands. So I think – he comes to Tennessee and he's got a Nico throwing to him. It's going to be like, holy shit. Some guy can just put it in the pocket and I don't have to make that diving catch. And I don't have to turn around and go back towards the other sideline to try and make a catch. Like that stuff, I think, can almost improve his game. He had to do it in high school out of necessity. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe in college he's doing it because Nico's like, hey, I got. You got a guy on this side, I'm throwing a back shoulder to you where only you can get it type deal. Exactly. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, hey, I don't know where this ball is going when I throw it. Like, like they're just like, it's going in that direction somewhere, but I'm not sure if it's on your left or right shoulder. Like, we'll figure out once it gets there. Hey, it's like Brucey, baby. I shouldn't eat that popcorn. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let me get Um, But, I, you know, I thought there was some place where he did well, like getting off press. Like, there was just like, one or two in his highlight film. There wasn't a lot where guys are pressing him, but just like a little quick quick stab, quick jab, get him to back off so he can run that go route. Um, but I love the hands. Absolutely love the effort that he was showing to catch the ball. And I love the fact that he's running similar routes and similar kind of concepts that he's going to run at Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I, and he and he had some nuances in there. Like he, you can see him on that one that we were talking about, where he rotates really well to catch on the on the sideline. He uh, he step he you know he's going off. He gives a one little step to the, get the corner to be like, okay, maybe he is coming in. He goes back outside. But I'm just rewatching it again. I've I've watched it three times. So I watched when he first committed. Then I watched it earlier when I was eating, getting prepared, and taking notes for it. And then I'm just rewatching it again. It's uh, it's impressive, and we don't. I mean, I don't want to knock his yak ability. I, I don't want to knock it because there yeah. is one. Matter of fact, the one I'm here is 104 mark. I mean, he catches a five yard hitch and splits two dudes. So he has a little bit of. I'm not gonna say wiggle. He's more slippery. He's more of like it's kind of funny. You see two dudes conversion, and he like takes off just enough and like gets up out of there. Yeah. Type deal and, 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 and a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Arch the bat. Get those knee. Get those heels out of there. What look? Hey, is he coming? Get them heels up, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then he has he has another one where he catches a post and he and he house calls it. So I'm not I don't want to sound like I'm knocking his athletic ability because that's not the case. He's just he's not the type 
prototypically that's going yeah. to three three yard step slant in catch it and outrace someone for eighty yards. He's more of a step in, catch a slant, make one or two miss, and then, you know, get that important first down type type deal. So one of, the, I, one of the best plays and like one of my favorites is a little bit over halfway. And he has, I mean, pretty much double cover. He has he's a cover two, safety deep, corner underneath. Corner just kind of like plays him off. And then the quarterback throws it and tries to get it in the pocket between yeah. the corner and a safety. Yeah. And there's not a pocket. And he literally just throws a jump ball to him in the safety. Safety has perfect position to be able to pick it off, and Braylon takes it away from him. Yeah. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, dude. Like, you know you're in the worst possible spot because the ball's behind you, technically, with the way you're running. That safety's staring at this ball the entire way. Mm-hmm. So the ability for him to turn around, jump ball, it's mine, it's not yours. Like, I love that. That gets yeah. me high. That gets me more high than anything as as a former player, as an offensive lineman, like seeing a wide receiver do that. Like I'm first one there celebrating, like, hell yeah, moss this buddy. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's I mean, the hands and the um the ability to go up and get it, whether it's jumping, diving, uh, back shouldering, getting him you know, getting in, in space and catching it. I mean, now the only thing we got to know is that he bet, you know, better be able to block to play in this offense, mm-hmm. um, which there's none of that on here, but listen, it's, he's a high school stud receiver. How many times is he going to, they ask him to block. So no, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, and I think I like him. I think I like him because he is a little bit different than what we've had. And it's nice to be like, there's a, you know, like another Ramel, you know, we, you know, you can have as many brews or Dante Thornton's, or Jalen's or, you know, whatever, you know, squirrel whites, but it's nice to be like, okay, Ramel will be stepping out soon. It's nice to have yeah. another sure, sure handed catcher of the Every, Everyone gets excited about the DK Metcalf and the Tyreek Hills. Yeah. But it's right. like, where's that middle ground? Right. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's fun and I, I'm, I'm excited to see his senior year tape. And then I would be excited if he does end up staying committed and we get to see him at, at practice because this is the type of dude that's kind of a one-on-one nightmare in the fact that you're going to have good coverage mm-hmm. and he's still going to make catches. And that's what's really frustrating. Now, you know, if you're going up as a D, you know, if I'm a DB and I've got, you know, and I had a couple dudes at Memphis and I'm going up against DB and it's like I, I don't have a chance at like speed-wise – athletically to stay with. I mean, the cats, five, nine, five, 10, 165, 170, 175. And I just don't have the foot speed. So how do I kind of make this up? And, you know, you're so worried about getting out run or a one cut here or there, this one, you could be draped all over him. And then you're going to, you know, you both go up for it and you come down and you're like, did he catch it? Did he cut? And you're going to look and dude's going to be standing there with the ball in his hand. You're like, mother man, like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? You know, great, great coverage here, and I just, I can't. You know, he, he goes up and gets it. So yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's how that's how DBs feel when they go against DeAndre Hopkins. They're like, "What the hell just happened? How did he get that?" <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, All right, big yeah. orange juice, brother. Let's do it. A big orange juice. Um, this is this is one of my favorites. I and most of these we've shared before, but you know, we got some new new listeners now now. Uh, so wanted to share this one. Um, I, we are in the new complex 
so this is one of my last years, last year, second to last year, uh, a defensive back. And I think it might have been during training camp. So young guy, been there for two months maybe. We have a rule. We had a rule. I mean, in 2013, it was a rule. So it's been 10 years now, and it's still a rule. There's a big T in the middle of the locker room. You cannot step on the T. If you step on the T, you got 10 push-ups, no matter who you are. The reason why I still know it's a rule, because I saw a video last year of Nico doing push-ups in the locker room. It's yeah. still a rule. You're not allowed to step on that T. We had a uh, – I think you told the story then when it happened, when we when Nico – so this was a year and a half, two years ago. Nico was on his, like, last visit. So, yeah, anyways. Yeah, so – there's a DB. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. I actually was talking to guys at Brett Kendrick's wedding and they knew exactly who I was talking about and they said his name, but I forget it. Um, he wasn't on the team long after this, so it doesn't really matter. He posts a story on Snapchat of him dancing in the locker room and it's fine for a second but he's got this up view, right? Looking down on him. And then you see him dance across the T in the locker room on a Snapchat story. And everyone got a hold, like one person saw it and then they shared it with another person, shared it with another person on the team. And it was like, did y'all see that he literally danced across this? Like, what the fuck is he doing? And every, everyone was confused. And one of my favorite guys I've ever played with, just, I mean, down to earth and humble and a hard worker, but looks like a fucking Greek god in Jason Kroom, takes it upon himself to confront this man in the locker room, at his locker, and just says to him, you need to do 10 push-ups. This is what has to happen. You have to do 10 push-ups. And of course, the cocky freshman uh, that he is is like, I'm not doing 10 push-ups. I'm a grown man. You can't tell me what to do. You're not a grown man. You're 17. And Kroom is a grown man. He's 6'4", 260, and he's fucking massive. He is a grown man, and he will tell you what to do. So he's like, you can't tell me what to do. And Kroom says, all right, if you're not going to do push-ups, stand your ass up because we're fighting. That's what's happening. And he was like, F you. I'm not doing push-ups. So Kroom, I and I saw the video afterwards. There is video, there's cameras in the locker room. Sorry to inform everybody. People steal shit, which was another big orange juice <laughs> about a month ago that I told. Teammates steal from teammates. So there are cameras in the locker rooms to make sure if something gets stolen, someone can get it back. Uh Kroom says, all right, stand up. He backs up away from Buddy's locker room and puts his hands up. And he's literally standing there ready to fight Kroom. He's like, stand up, let's go. He should not have stood up. Because he stands up and doesn't put his hands up, doesn't get ready to fight. As soon as he stands up, Kroom just sits him with a pop, pop. Just two quick ones right to the face. And Buddy goes back into his locker room and just just starts bleeding out the mouth huge bruise on his eye and everybody like gets in front 
it, it was not good. He had to go to the he had to go to the training room, get ice. Uh, he was out of practice that day. Uh, they were like watching him for concussion protocol. Nothing happened to Kroom. Nobody got in trouble. Kroom was able to practice. Coach Jones didn't say a word to him. None of us said it was wrong. We were like, good. I'm glad you fucking hit his ass. And it was like, that's exactly the kind of attitude you need to have towards the program where it's like, the program is bigger than you, bud. Like, no one cares who you are. The T is more important than you, and that's it. When you leave, it's still going to keep going. When you get there, it's still going to keep going. So it was just like a, another reason for me to absolutely love Jason Kroom. Like, yes, that's exactly what should have happened, is get in this guy's face, give him the opportunity. You didn't come up to him right away and punch him in the face. You're like, I'm going to give you a chance. Do your 10 push-ups. Okay, I'm going to fight you. This isn't a sucker punch. I'm going to fight you. He stands back and puts his hands up like, this is happening, bud. And I guess he didn't believe him. But he believes him now. <laughs> Incredible story. Jay Croom about that. He's about He's it. About that life. He uh, he hits you with a two-piece crispy combo. Hot, <laughs> hot, right back in the face. So, um, yeah, I love the story. Now, I never met. Uh, I never met Kroom. I, I heard you talk about him, but I did have a class with him. And that man was one of the most imposing individuals I've ever seen. I didn't know who he was when he, matter of fact, it was our geology class that you and I had together. And yeah. He was in there and he walked in. I did not know who he was. And I was like, who is this unit? I immediately was like, that is what I always dreamed about my body looking like and being that size. That That is mm-hmm. what I always dreamed about and wanted. And yeah, I, that's, what, that's I, what every girl in the classroom said too. <laughs> so who is this unit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I saw him and I was like, oh, this guy has to be a defensive end. Like this guy is massive. And I'm like, he's a tight end. I was like, watch out. But because uh, I like I said, I didn't I didn't know who he was at the time and then found out. Um so, so many things that I love about that um, and how he, I do appreciate how he handled it. It's 10 push-ups. It is 10 push-ups. It's not, he didn't ask you to do 10 up-downs. He yeah. didn't ask you to go run 10 gassers. It is the easiest 10 push-ups in the world. It'll take 10 seconds. It, that's it. Just do it. It's done. Just do it. Just all, and all you have to do is just be like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. 10 push-ups. Put, put your pride aside. Yeah, exactly. Say, hey, you're right. I'm sorry. Ten push-ups, throw some knuckles with Kroom, and be about your day. It's over with. But these guys are just such clowns about stuff. Let me ask you this. Do you know – so he was a freshman. Do you know if he was like a recruit or was he a walk-on or was he – do you do you know much about him or remember? I believe he was a scholarship guy. I don't think he was a walk-on. Um but like I said, it did it, like I think it was a couple months later. Like he wasn't on the team anymore. So yeah. okay, I and now this was your were you and Kroom in the same class? No, so Kroom was grade after me, or maybe even two after me. So you he might were, have been in the same class as like Brett Kendrick, um, and Dylan Wiseman and Josh Dobbs. So were you a senior and he was – you were probably a redshirt senior and he was like a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe his third year or my fifth year. 
Yeah. Um, which is probably why I didn't know what the freshman's name was, because at that point, I already understood the cycle of college football and was like, you guys have been here two months and you might not make it through the fall. Right. So I'm going to wait until I see something out of you and then be like, I like that guy. I what's his name? <laughs> like, right. I'm going to remember his name because there, I mean, I I've told you a story of a DB in my class, Pat Martin lasted a month and a half on the team because he failed three drug tests in a row was just like, just kept doing it. And they were like, guy, we, you can't, what do you want us to do here? So it's just things like that happen. Guys get kicked off the team real quick. And it's like, you know, Hey, I, I need you to kind of show me your character and show me who you are first for me to like really respect you as a teammate. Because unless, you know, unless you're the number one recruit out of that class, then I'm not like, most likely I'm not going to know who you are. Because guess what? Players do not follow recruiting. <laughs> two, two, I got a couple more questions. Did you see this live or did you hear about it and then said, I got to go check the film? Hear about it and then check the film. So there's there's a ton of audio or excuse me, a ton of video that I could find of you walking around in the locker room, no clothes on. <laughs> yeah, technically, I guess. What I are guess these? What were yeah. these videos are? <laughs> well, I think they in the back of the equipment room, they just have a camera rolling. I'm sure whatever it is deletes after a while. Uh, yeah, but because say. this because this happened, I came into the complex that day and they were like, Hey, Kroom knocked buddy out. And I was like, what, why do you knock him out? What happened? Like, you know, <laughs> oh, there was a fight. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And then people show the Snapchat story, watch, look. And I was like, Oh, he danced across it. So Kroom popped him up. And I was like, that's awesome. That is fantastic. And then someone went back in the equipment room and was like, Hey, can I see this? They showed it to him. He recorded it on his phone. So then we, everybody watched the recording of the phone of the screen of whatever it was. And it literally was like that. It was, you know, no audio, a conversation back and forth as guys sit in his locker room is in his locker. Then you see Kroom step back, put his hands up and get in a fighting position and guy stands up and Kroom pop out real quick. Like before he could even react, it's like, you need to think about what you're going to do before you stand up. Hey, the only thing that you can do there is if you're, if you're going to go about it, you got to try to like lunge and tackle crew from your seated position. Exactly. So did, now let me ask you this. That's the last question on this. Did he know that did, was he dancing on it on purpose or he was just dancing and didn't maybe realize it. And then he wasn't going to backtrack it. I, I really don't know if he was trying to like, make a statement like I can dance on it if I want to. I don't think he would because it was a known thing. Wasn't like, it roped off? I thought it was roped off from time to time. Or is that it wasn't roped off. Be it wasn't roped off because people love catching other people doing it. it. Guys would be messing around in the locker room or just walking by each other and accidentally step on it. And everybody goes, 10, 10, 10, 10. Like you just had to do it. Right. 
so it was always a thing of like, you got to be careful around it. Everyone, you know, take your path. Um, and then when you saw, it was shocking. Like I was shocked when I saw the, him dancing across. I'm like, how does he not know that? Right. Like, did he do this on purpose? And then I think his pride got in the way of him admitting it was a dumb thing to do. And he had to be put in his place. Mm, classic. Classic. <laughs> but there's always guys like that in the team that just like you're you're a little too you're a little too prideful to be on a team sport. Yeah, like, and you got to have leadership like that too. You really, yeah, you got to have guys like that that that'll just step up and actually do something. You know that I always heard stories about the guys of the past where. You know, it was, you know, Big John Henderson, like, would beat up anybody who stepped out of line. And it did not matter who you were and what position you played. He was going to fight you if you stepped out of line. It was just like the biggest, baddest dude on the team was fighting you no matter what. Yeah, it was the same, um, like, it was the same thing when I, my, my favorite, Al Wilson, was there. Yeah. Um, he... You know, my favorite story, because everyone loves Peyton and, you know, Peyton's the biggest celebrity that's ever come through there. But Peyton was, I guess, a senior, either junior or senior, but Al, so Al's younger, but he's starting on the team. And Peyton throws the three picks during the Florida game. And at halftime, Al Wilson walks up to him and is like, if you throw another fucking pick and ruin this game for our defense, I'm going to beat your ass. Simple. And it's like, and I'm going to be honest, I, the person who told me that story was a coach on the team. So I, I believe it. Yeah. You know, so, but he was just talking about the leadership that he had on defense. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I love that, man, I lo because that's how it has to be. There can't be anybody bigger than, than the team. So no. good pod. Uh, I enjoy it. I always love listening to your stories. Even if I've heard them a, a million times, it's always funny. I know. It's great. It's great to reminisce, but. It's just like it's just like when you and I were on our team, and I was the enforcer. You got out of line, and I just had to smack you upside the head. Oh gosh, you're the only reason. The only reason you're enforcer is because you had me standing right there. You're like, well, he'll, he'll do something. Don't touch. <laughs> so don't touch. Yeah, don't touch me. Don't touch hey. me. <laughs> yeah, I have I have way too many friends that thought that way through college. Like, well. I got this 6'4", 310 pound guy. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna mess with me, are you? Like look at him. <laughs> I will get my friend to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, bro. All right, man. Great pod. All right, see ya. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And uh, leave us a comment. We love the comments. Love to respond to the comments. Love your positive comments. Hey, and if you got some negative ones, if you got some criticisms, I'm a coachable guy. I I'll take it. No big deal. Um, and if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, uh, and follow us on all those listening platforms that you might use. Also, follow us on social media, at Pancakes and Bacon. Excuse me for our Twitter account at pancakes and bacon underscore RTI for our Instagram. If you're uh, wanting to follow Reed, his main account on Twitter is rbacon26. If you're wanting to follow myself, it is just 
at Kyler Kerberson on all social medias. So you can check me out there. Uh, but yeah, just really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And as always, go Vols. <laughs>